Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part three and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for November 21st, 2010. And the next article is entitled, U.S. New York Congresswoman Says There's a 100% Chance of a Cyber Attack Against the Power Grid. This is um, from November 12th. A New York congresswoman says the possibility of a cyber attack against the nation's power grid is 100%, and that such an attack would likely do untold harm. Speaking before the SC World Congress database or data security conference, Representative Yvette Clark, who chairs the Emerging Threats Cybersecurity Science and Technology Subcommittee, so in other words, she's like an high-level expert in this area. She said, the United States faces chilling odds of an electrical grid attack. Our networks are already being penetrated as we stand here. So she said. According to a report on infosecurity.com, we are already under attack. We must stop asking ourselves, could this happen to us, and move to a default posture that acknowledges this fact, and instead ask, what can we do to protect ourselves? And this is going to probably be the guy's under which they end up taking down the internet and, and implementing more draconian Big Brother legislation. The power grid, which Clark said distinguishes the United States as an advanced modern civil society, is vulnerable not only from possible adversarial nations such as Iran and North Korea, but also terrorist organizations. The Northeast blackout of 2003, which kept the lights off for millions of United States and Canada, would be the tip of the iceberg if the electrical grid was attacked. Clark said. While our citizens remain relatively calm throughout that ordeal, she said, it has still caused 11 deaths and roughly $6 billion in damages. Imagine what those damages would be for a nationwide blackout lasting a few weeks. A power outage of weeks or months would likely destroy the country irreparably, she said. Long-lasting solutions will require a partnership between the government and industry. Imagine that. Just becomes more and more partnerships between the government and all aspects of our lives. Clark said that the stakes couldn't be higher. We cannot afford to fail, she said. The private sector, the administration, the Congress have all made progress, but we lack the sense of urgency that is necessary. We, we must move on this forcefully. So again, she's creating this climate of panic so that they've got to do this right now. We've, we've got to implement as many big brother draconian things into this because, you know, if we don't, we're all going to die, you know? This is basically the, 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 the tone of this. Just totally alarmist. Here's another article. Will internet censorship be pushed through the lame duck Congress? A bill giving the government the power to shut down the websites that host the materials that infringe copyright is making its way quietly through the lame duck session of Congress. Now, I've also heard the theory that you know the Democrats want to get, get want to get even because they're getting they got voted out of office, so they're not going to go down without you know taking as many scalps as they can with them, you know, and, and so they're going to do as much damage as they can, um, uh, as they can before they go down. So I, I've heard that theory as well, um, raising the ire of free speech groups and prompting a group of academics to lobby against the effort. Um, the Combating Online Infringement and Counterfeits Act was introduced in Congress this fall by Senator Patrick Leahy. It would grant the federal government the power to block access to any web domain that it found to host copyrighted material without permission. Oh boy, could that be broad. 
Critics say the bill is both a giveaway to the movie and recording industries and a step towards widespread and unaccountable censorship of the internet. Well, it's like Big Brother. In 1984, they control everything. Eventually to the point where they've got a TV on your wall that can watch you, and it only has one channel. And it's piped in all the, all the lies and newspeak propaganda 24-7, or, or however they choose that you have to have it on. And in 1984, you couldn't turn it off unless they turned it off. So, I, really, unfortunately, we're moving toward that. Opponents note that the powers given the government under the bill are very broad. Because the bill targets domain names and not specific materials, an entire website can be shut down. Uh, so, for example, if the U.S. determines there are copyright infringing materials on YouTube, it could theoretically block access to all of YouTube, whether or not a particular material being accessed infringes copyright. YouTube's as big brother as it is. Activist group Demand Progress, which is running a petition against the bill, argues the powers in the bill could be used for political purposes. If the whistleblower website WikiLeaks is found to be hosting copyrighted material, for instance, access to WikiLeaks could be blocked for all internet users. I mean, they could find like one thing on your website and block your, block your whole site, is, is what I'm reading here. Though the bill was delayed in September after an outcry from activist groups, it now appears to be back and potentially poised for quick passage in the lame duck session of Congress. Reports demand progress. And this is why I've been sending out a lot of emails, because they're trying to do this on a lot of different fronts, the, the one where they're going to try to take away access to the nutrients, to growing our own food, to the Internet. Uh, you name it, they're trying to pull it in this lame duck Congress. A group of academics led by Temple University law professor David Post have signed a petition opposing this legislation. The act, if enacted into law, would fundamentally alter U.S. policy toward the Internet speech and would set a dangerous precedent with potentially serious consequences for free expression and global Internet freedom, uh, Post wrote in a petition letter. This bill is awful on many fronts, he wrote. Volet conspiracy. It would allow a court to effectively shut down a site operated out of Brazil or France without any advisory hearing or any reasoned determination that the site actually is engaged in unlawful activity. Free speech advocates argue that internet censorship, censorship laws are inevitably used for the purposes other than the ones claimed by lawmakers. And, and you know, the internet is really one of the last bastions of free speech in America. You know, uh, yeah, shortwave, but shortwave, there's just so few people, I would, I would venture to say, in relation to the internet, that, that would be on shortwave. And not to say it's not great, but just saying that the, the, the proportion. And um, so, free speech advocates argue that the internet censorship, censorship laws are inevitably used for purposes other than ones claimed by lawmakers. For instance, Australia, in recent years, set up a firewall around its internet with the intention of blacklisting child pornography, which sounds great, uh, but a list of the blocked sites leaked to WikiLeaks showed that the Australian government was censoring more than porn. The blacklisted site contained religious and political websites. So it's just kind of a ruse to get their foot in the door. Okay, so the next article is entitled, Pedophile Guide Sparks Amazon Criticism. Uh, 
Um, this, this is from, oh well, Amazon.com. Consumers across the nation are calling for a boycott of Amazon.com. I, I said this a long time ago. I haven't done any business in there for a long time because of this um, types of issue with all the sexually uh, perverted child pornography type material uh, pedophile type of material that you can get on Amazon.com uh, because of this ebook called and this is true The Pedophile's Guide to Love and Pleasure I give you a picture of the cover it's not like really pornographic or anything it's just a, a picture of the cover the book sells for less than $5 and its sale is attracting all kinds of attention from online consumers but not the good kind um, Dr. Loris Stiflener said, I would pull the book. Uh, she's a sexual abuse counselor. Uh, you, and, then, and then the guy who wrote the book, the author, this devil, named Philip R. Greaves II, he says, quote, You know, every time you see them, meaning pedophiles, on television, they're either rapists, murderers, or kidnappers. And you know, that's just not an accurate presentation of that particular sexuality. Well, then what is it, Philip? I mean, if you're a pedophile, doesn't that automatically, unless you have never acted out on it, doesn't that automatically make you a rapist? I mean, you've got to rape a little kid in some way, shape, or form, or at least grope him or whatever. Isn't that all under the classification of some type of sexual molestation? It's like, you know, we're really not that bad of a guy. Every time we're portrayed on television, we're either rapists. Yeah, because that's exactly what you are. Murderers, I'm not saying they're all murderers. Or kidnappers. Well, in, in order to get a little kid in bed, usually you've got to have some type of ruse in order to get him there. Whether you kidnap them or whether you trick them or whatever. I mean, people like this are so demon-possessed, and I cannot believe that Amazon.com I mean, this is so over the top. The pedophile's guide to love and pleasure. I'm not making this up. Now, supposedly Amazon pulled the book, but they still defended their. their they, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to infringe on anybody's free speech. You know, that would be a, a violation of whatever First Amendment. No, n- not when it's illegal. Not not when it's morally debased and disgusting. And at the lowest, you know, depravity levels you could even conceive, Amazon.com. Amazon.com is a bunch of devils as far as I'm concerned. Dr. Streiflinger said she isn't buying his argument in the book or the author's argument. She says not only is it not ethical, it isn't legal and it isn't natural. It isn't anything but horrific. And this is coming from somebody that's probably not even saved. Even she has enough sense to see that. Oh, this is horrific. This one is entitled, 2,000 Aborted Babies Found in a Bangkok Temple. I'm looking at a picture of Thai police arranging bags containing 2,000 aborted babies. They're in little plastic bags that were found um, in a Buddhist temple in Bangkok. 
There are 2,000 illegally aborted babies. Thai police have arrested three people after the remains of more than 2,000 aborted babies were found in a Buddhist temple in Bangkok. Of one of those charged was paid about $16 for each baby collected from illegal abortion clinics. Abortion is still illegal in Thailand, except in cases when delivery would harm the mother or pregnancy resulted from rape. Police found 1,654 babies today in two new mortuary rooms and 348 earlier in the week in another room. Uh, the Bangkok Post reports the remains were wrapped in white plastic bags and some had been in the temple for a year. This is, this is how the Buddhists evidently practice their religion. You talk about debased and sickening. What are they doing with aborted babies? Well, you know, I believe that all false religions at the very top echelon practice child sacrifice. And if they can't do it, then, then I guess having an aborted baby is the next best thing or something. You talk about sickening. Buddhist temples in Thailand perform cremation ceremonies and store bodies in refrigerated areas. A 33-year-old woman told police she performed illegal abortions and collected a bounty to take the babies to the temple. Man, that is sickening. Just sickening stuff. Next article. The ACLU of Pennsylvania recently filed a civil rights lawsuit on behalf of a couple whose newborn baby was kidnapped by Lawrence County Children and Youth Services because her mother, I'm not making this up, recklessly consumed an, quote, everything bagel from Dunkin' Donuts the day before she gave birth. An everything bagel. Jameson Hospital, where Isabella Rodriguez was born on April 22nd, has a policy of testing expectant mothers. See, big brothers in the hospitals, too, big time. They, they have a policy of testing expectant mothers' urine for illegal drugs and reporting positive results to the Lawrence County Children and Youth Services. That way they can take your baby real quick if anything shows up. Even, um, they, they tested for uh, urine for illegal drugs and reporting positive results to this organization, even without any additional evidence that the baby is in danger of neglect or abuse. LCCYS, in turn, has a policy seizing such babies from their homes based on nothing more than the test result. That's it. That's all they need, even if the test result's wrong. Unfortunately for Isabella's parents, Jameson... Parents, Jameson, this hospital, Jameson, sets the cutoff level for its opiate test so low that it can be triggered by the poppy seeds on a bagel. So TSA can go and literally sexually assault you in the airport, take naked pictures, pornographic child pornography pictures of your family, grope your little girl and your little boy, commit sexual molestation. But if you eat a, a bagel with poppy seeds on it and you go in for a drug test, you'll get your baby taken away. That's the nation we live in. Which is why two caseworkers and two Nishinok Township police officers visited their home the day after the baby and mother returned from the hospital. 
NCCYS seized the three-day-old girl and put her in foster care for five days before conceding it had made a mistake. See, they just want to get you used to that concept. You have no rights. You're guilty until proven innocent. In their complaint, Mort and Rodriguez said that the C's first ask questions later policy jointly implemented by the Lawrence County and Jameson Health System. And it's isn't it funny, the Jameson Health System, their motto is, there's no place like home. Just like in The Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy clicked her red slippers and said there's no place like home and had Toto with her. There's no place like home, but we'll, we'll take your baby, buddy. We'll take it in a heartbeat. All you got to do is eat a poppy seed bagel before you give birth. And we'll give your baby a new home. Let me read that again. Morton Rodriguez said the C's first and asked questions joint policy joint implemented joint policy implemented by Lawrence County and Jameson Health System is unjust and represents a conspiracy to deprive parents of their 14th Amendment rights. In addition to seeking nominal and compensatory and punitive damages, they're asking the U.S. District Court of the Western District of Pennsylvania to declare the policy unconstitutional. Amen. The recklessness and indifference displayed by both the county and the hospital, neither of which made any attempt to collaborate suspicions that the baby might be in danger, is astonishing. According to the complaint, Mort's obstetrician, Nicole Carson, did not inform the plaintiff of the positive um, urine drug screen test, because in her experience, many of the initial urine tests come back as false positives anyway. In addition, Dr. Carlson did not inform the plaintiff of the test results because the plaintiff's urine tests throughout her pregnancy were negative for the presence of drugs. So they're drug testing her all throughout her pregnancy. They're just looking for an excuse to take your baby. Uh, and then it goes on to say, because Dr. Carlson did not believe the plaintiff was a drug user and because she did not want to frighten the plaintiff during her labor or delivery. So she didn't inform her of this stuff. The hospital and the LCCYS nevertheless mindlessly proceeded to separate Isabella from her parents based on nothing more than a zero tolerance for poppy seeds rules in their own, of their own invention. Last article. Court. Illegal aliens are entitled to cheaper tuition than American kids. This is from newswithviews.com. On Monday, the California Supreme Court shocked many legal residents when it unanimously decided that illegal aliens continue to be eligible for in-state college and university tuition rates. Rather than having to pay the higher out-of-state rates charged to citizens who reside in the U.S. legally. So they get, they get, they get the cheaper. I'm surprised they're not all going for free. They get the cheaper in-state rates, even though they're totally legal and they should never be here. And you couldn't get away with this in any other country on the planet. But they're entitled to this. In a ruling announced by Justice Min Chin, Ming Chin, who claims to be a strict constitutionalist, what was that, like the satanic constitution? Anyway, he claims to be a strict constitutionalist of the U.S. Constitution. The court proclaimed that a California law that guarantees the lower tuition for students who attend California high schools for at least three years and graduate doesn't violate the federal ban on providing illegal aliens with educational benefits based on residency. They're here illegally. What What about that word illegal don't they get? 
In defending the high court's ruling, advocates for illegal aliens in the U.S. pointed out that California is one of several states that permit illegal aliens to take advantage of lower college tuition for students who attend high school and graduate in-state. It is believed that close to 30,000 illegal aliens are set to receive in-state tuition. They're not going to be deported. They're going to get rewarded. They're going to receive in-state tuition while college-age students from Nevada, Arizona, and other states must pay the higher tuition rates. This is a clear case of American citizens being punished for being American citizens by a state government and lawbreakers being given preferential treatment by the government bureaucrats and black-robed devils, I mean lawyers and judges, points out the political strategist Mike Barker Baker. And that's all we have for today. Um... That was about 23 pages, so we'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord God, and all you've given us, and all your goodness and all your mercy, Lord God. The fact that we've actually been able to come together and do another teaching, I don't know how much longer or how much time we'll be permitted to do this, Lord. I do pray, God, um, for your intervention regarding all these matters that we have brought up today, every single matter that we have brought up, Lord God for your divine intervention in them, Lord God, that thy name, that your fear would be upon uh, these, these, these people that are perpetuating all of this wickedness, Lord God, whether it be Obama or TSA or, or whatever wicked factions of our government are in existence. I pray, Lord God, for your fear to be upon them, that you would have the heathen in derision, in confusion, Lord God, in their efforts to manipulate and work wickedness. But God, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Because I also know that you're judging and are going to be judging this nation. So I don't want to pray against something that, that you're letting and permitting to happen, Lord. But if it be your will, Lord, I do pray, God, that you would intervene in these situations, that you would protect these little ones and the innocent and, and the women and the children, Lord God, that are going through these scanners. And, Lord God, that, the, that they would not be permitted to take these pornographic images and commit sexual assaults against these women, against these, these little children, against babies, Lord God, against the elderly, against those that cannot defend themselves in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray to God for your divine intervention regarding these matters, that you would bless the body of Christ worldwide, and the innocent, Lord God, and the meek, and the weak, and those that cannot protect themselves, and the widows, and the orphans, and the children, Lord God. I do pray, God, for your divine intervention, that you would give them food to eat, water to drink, shelter, Lord God, that you would bless them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would bless those, Lord God, that are in persecution, and those that, that might be even scheduled to be martyred, that you would bless them and strengthen them, Lord God, that if it be your will, you would deliver them for your glory, Lord. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, Lord God, in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us in the name of Jesus Christ, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us, and that your name would be glorified through the body of Christ, through this ministry, wherever, wherever your word or your truth is being preached worldwide. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.